As an engineering leader, you know firsthand that achieving work-life balance can be hard. Many business owners struggle with the balance between their personal lives and their work. This leads to stress and a feeling of regret. But that's not the case for the listeners of the Engineer Your Success podcast with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Tune in. Let's engineer your success today. Welcome to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. This podcast provides tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve success both in business and in life. Today, I have the awesome pleasure of interviewing Miss Morgan O'Brien. Morgan, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Thank you so much for having me on today. No, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I'm v- glad that you agreed to an interview on the show. We're going to have a link to your LinkedIn profile that has your bio and the different things that you've done. But I really like for the people that are coming on the show to give a sense of who they are. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is is there something about you you'd like to share that's not going to show up on your bio? Mm, well, I am quite an open book on my LinkedIn. So I will um, be an open book no matter what. But um, I guess some things that I like to highlight, you know, I'm a partner, I'm a dog mom, I'm a backpacker. I really enjoy reading and I really find a lot of value in personal growth and leadership topics. So I invest a lot of time in both reading that stuff, listening to awesome podcasts like yours and reflecting on how I am in the world and the part that I play. I really love talking about life's hard things. I don't know if that's necessarily obvious on my bio. So that's definitely something that is maybe a little different about me. Okay. And I really enjoy the relentless pursuit of better, which is also on my LinkedIn. But I <laughs> I do this to the point where maybe even if you ask my colleagues or maybe don't because it's <laughs> maybe <laughs> I ignore them with all of my questions. But I look for ways to improve how we do our work and the processes we use. Um, and my questions can be rather unending, but I think it's important to making sure we're doing the right things. No, I, I think having that sense of curiosity is something that is a key trait uh, for people that are growing, that are learning for leaders, effective communicators. Having that curiosity helps you make that connection, not only with the the technology or the person or the thing you're thinking through, but also that person, that personal connection. So I really think that pursuit that you have is great. It, it is absolutely Great. Now you said you like talking about life's hard things. Let's dig into that a little bit. Well, what does that mean? Oh, so uh, I've actually started doing, uh, actually for the last two years, it's not really started at this point, but I did at the very early part of the pandemic, I'm a part of the floodplain management association in mm-hmm. the California, Nevada region. And there's an emerging professionals group that we were trying to figure out as COVID hit and we were all moving to say, at home and work, how are we going to still connect? Especially because as emerging professionals, it was so, it's so important, those connections and the mentorship, the coaching that you can get and the, the networking, because so much of our careers is so propelled by the opportunities we simply even know about. And that's often word of mouth. 
And um, so that we created this forum. I had this dream of starting a leadership program. And I had some friends who were in charge of the emerging professionals group. And they said, hey, do you want to just try this? This could be a really good venue and a good opportunity to capitalize on everyone being at home and not having as much to do. And so we started weekly, weekly sessions on self-awareness, vulnerability in the workplace, racism and self-awareness and how we can work more of that into the work that we do. Yeah. Um, Working on how are we understanding what's important to us and what drives us in the workplace. Things that often engineers aren't talking about. Mm-hmm. on a regular basis. <laughs> ah, and, the hard the hard things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I I think we've often called it the hard skills and soft skills, but yes. I like to re- rename soft skills to harder skills <laughs> because often those are the things that trip us up most. It's the people interactions. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Forget the whole thing of soft skills. It's the harder skills, the skills that we really have to work at. So, before we go any further, I know people are going to be able to see your background, but just tell us about kind of what you do for your day job and a little bit more about your background as an engineer. Sure. Uh, I got into engineering at a really young age. I was very fortunate in having two parents that were both mechanical engineers. So as a civil engineer, I am the black sheep of the family because my sister (laughs) ended up becoming a mechanical engineer as well. Um, But I... I grew up in Davis, California, which is in the Central Valley of California, very close to San Francisco and Sacramento, which meant there was lots of construction that we got to go see as we went and ventured around and experienced things as kids. And I became fascinated, particularly with bridges and buildings. And I, in fourth grade, said, I want to be a civil engineer. Oh, wow. (laughs) Simply because that was um, what was interesting to me. And I, I didn't. I don't think my parents necessarily thought it would stick, but it did. And I transitioned from really being interested in structural engineering as I got to college to geotechnical engineering, kind of the the art of geotechnical engineering and the the difficulty of that. And like the, the, um, the nuances became super interesting to me. So that, and I was working as one, as a student. So it Mm -hmm. was clear how I could apply those principles And I got to do some really incredible work after graduating. Um, So I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo for college, Mm -hmm. spent five years there, got to do all kinds of different clubs, got really involved in the Society of Women Engineers, and uh, also did club lacrosse, got to study abroad in Thailand, did an ethnic studies minor. So the five years make sense once all of the things come out, (laughs) but it's also just an absolutely beautiful place. It's right on the central coast of California and three beaches within 15 minutes of campus was hard to, to leave. (laughs) But when I did, uh, I moved up to Seattle with my husband, Henry, and we spent about six years working as I was working as a geotechnical engineer and eventually made my way up to, um, technical lead for projects, which Mm -hmm. meant that I did more of the design integration and got to work on some really incredible, large scale civil works projects. Oh, cool. And yeah, one of them was the uh, fish passage facility Mm -hmm. in like Southeast of Seattle. 
And it just was so interesting. And I got to incorporate all kinds of different bits of knowledge from both civil engineering, but then also from the biology side of things. We had fish biologists, environmental Mm -hmm. permitting experts, but also mechanical engineers, electrical engineers. We had all kinds of interesting systems. Sounds like an interesting communication challenge. Oh, yes. You're no kidding. We had people (laughs) in three different offices and this is before COVID. So we weren't used to it. Mm -hmm. We had people in three different offices working on four different software design platforms. Oh, wow. And talk about like a design integration, like hurdle to get over. (laughs) (laughs) Very difficult communication and making sure everything lined up and stuff. So I learned a lot in that process and I'll always cherish that as one of my most favorite projects. What's one of the key takeaways that you learned during that process? Because as you described, there are several different types of engineers, several different types of people that are working on this project. Now you have to integrate this to bring this together. What are some of the key things that you learned through that process? Well, actually, like you said earlier, curiosity. Curiosity was so crucial because because I don't know everything and we all don't know everything. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the key ingredient to staying open and making sure communication lines stay open um, okay. and and being open to learning something that just because you have a, a leadership type role on a project doesn't mean one that you have to know or anything or all of the things or that you have to know mm-hmm. any particular thing. You can lean on the experts that you have on your team and make sure that you understand what's going on so you can ask the right questions but it's just that, that you're asking the questions. You don't have the answers necessarily. And I think it was a really good learning experience for me just to kind of have that humbling process. <laughs> it was the first yeah. time that I had that type of opportunity. And it taught me that leadership is a very, very humbling pursuit. And and yeah. that management is, is important. Those skills, the processes that you follow, but that there's a place for being able to lead from wherever you sit, whether it's formal authority mm-hmm. or not, um, and making sure that you have the skills to be organized and make sure everyone has what they need, but also inspire people to move in the same direction. At Banowitz Marketing, we succeed when you succeed. Build a thriving family business with great marketing that actually works. How? Start with comprehensive marketing direction and a clear action plan. Then get attentive expert help and choose whether that help comes as done for you services or as done with you guidance. Visit us at thrivingfamilybusiness.com to get started today. Yeah. Oh, wow. So curiosity is the key to kind of openness and being able to admit that you do not know everything can be a way to invite people in to actually contribute and help move the team in the direction that it needs to people, go. Exactly. Um, I think that's an awesome, <laughs> no, I, I think that's an awesome, it's an awesome example of just some of the positions that were put in and particularly engineers, those engineers that grow in those harder areas, as you said, are the ones that flourish in the greater leadership positions and the ones that really are identified even early in their career for the management track in a sense, because they get the understanding of some of those harder Absolutely. issues. Absolutely, And, you know, uh, one thing that I 
say almost daily to myself is who you are is how you lead, like Brene Brown says. Ooh. And yes. and it just, it runs through my head every time there's some, even as simple as like a tough email to deal with or a mm-hmm. tough conversation in a meeting. You know, when who we are in those hot water moments is how we lead. And so making sure that we're really self-aware and making sure that we're staying curious in those tough moments, that we're staying aware of what our actions are doing to contribute to whatever situation it is, is like the power mm-hmm. to me of, of leadership. And I think as engineers, we're, we're faced with a lot of those difficult conversations. And how do we stay present and make sure that we're doing and saying what we actually mean as opposed to letting the, the situation take over? Right, letting our yeah. letting the the frustration of the situation take over the the tone of it. Yeah, you know one one thing. There's several things that I talk about, but the two that I want to mention here. One is that I believe that the greatest level of awareness is self awareness. When you're really able to be aware of yourself and your tendencies, and being able to catch yourself when you are going down the path that is not going to help you get the solution that you really want or the resolution that you're looking for. Um, so that's, you know, one thing. Absolutely. The other is that engineers are people yeah. too. So <laughs> to, to say, you know, so when we're talking about these issues, it's not just that this is an engineer that has issues. You're a person, right? And we deal with all kinds of things, our past history, our disposition, how we interact and get along with other people. We bring all of those things to the job. And it's when we learn to begin to grow as a person that you grow as a leader, that you grow as an engineer, that you grow as a communicator. So I love the whole concept is, you know, look, who you are is how you yeah. lead. Oh, I it. couldn't have said it better myself. I was exact, it's exactly that. <laughs> exactly that. <laughs> Okay, so you, you're in Seattle, you have this design integration mm-hmm. project, you successfully navigate that, you're learning, and then what's next for you? <laughs> well, in, in March 2018, we decided to quit our jobs. <laughs> it was going really, really well. Okay. We wanted to make sure that we had the type of in, investment in, in our careers, but we also knew that in the grand scheme of life, we wanted to start a family and it was really important for us to be near our family when we chose to do so. So in, in 2018, uh-huh. we quit our jobs, March 16th, if I'm recalling correctly. And because <laughs> it's a big, it's a big choice. And a lot of people were like, are you yeah. sure? <laughs> so we had this dream of doing the Pacific Crest Trail. Oh, cool. And the it's a hiking trail uh-huh. from Mexico to Canada. And we we joke that we had our second date as a five-week backpacking trip on that. <laughs> and so ever since that point, we had dreamed of doing the entire thing. And we had come up with a plan to basically do that as a transition point okay. between Seattle and coming back to California. Uh-huh. And so we did that. We quit our jobs. We started hiking on April 10th and finished up at the Canadian border on September 12th. Wow. And then we came back to California and tried to start and reestablish our life. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of support from our family, but we were able to start working again in January, February timeframe of 
of 2019. So we were only out of work for less than a year to be able to do this, this incredible goal of ours. Yeah, let, let's, let's, and, talk, let's talk about that goal. Let's talk about that hike. Don't, I don't want the hike to be just a, a transition from point <laughs> A to point B. The hike is something in and of itself. So for sure. how was that? It was, it was incredible. I think, you know, one of the things that I reflect on now about the hike is it's, it's a hard decision to do something like that. Mm-hmm. It's something that was completely different from anyone else yeah. that we knew. So while our friends were buying homes, buying cars, buying all the things of life, going to, and traveling to Europe, like things we wanted to do, mm-hmm. we had to make different choices because we wanted ultimately different things. Yeah. And, and going through that process of figuring out what was most important to us was easy in some ways and really difficult in others mm-hmm. because our tendency to compare and look at what other people are doing yes. as the right thing is so strong. So we, uh, we made different choices and we were able to make it happen because, you know, the PCT, you can do it really cheaply, but it does take a fair amount of savings to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so we, we needed to make different financial choices. And the, the PCT was a really good example of how we will find those comparison things mm-hmm. no matter where we are in whatever <laughs> venue we are in. It is so easy to get into the how am I doing compared to you mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. And so we did we spent a lot of time talking about what do we want this experience to be like what will we do when we're confronted with this? Because we totally, Henry and I are very, um, we can get competitive and it's (laughs) something that we can, we can keep in check if we talk about it. But if we aren't conscious of it, you know, the power of self-awareness, if we aren't conscious of it, then we can kind of lose ourselves in it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we, we had to really focus on what do we, what will we do in these various hard situations? Mm -hmm. And that model has really carried through a lot of our decision-making process. What was, what was the most difficult part during the trip? So, you know, you're talking about the decision-making that it was taking to get there, not comparing yourself, saving money, making different choices than what the other people, you know, in your world were making, but now you're on the trip, you're trekking, you you know, you're hiking. Uh, What was one of the most difficult things you experienced actually as part of the trip? You know, I think some of the, some of the most difficult things is, is getting out of your head. <laughs> um, when I started, when we started, I had massive blisters on my feet. And so I went every, about every week on a rotating basis, you know, where we're hitting like a, a point at which my feet feel like they can't take anymore. <laughs> and so working through that pain and making sure that Henry knows I don't want to quit, but it's also just really, really hard. And that. Um, the tears are from the pain, not from not wanting to continue or anything. Mm -hmm. I think that was maybe the first hard thing that we, that we encountered. But I think the second was not being connected to the people that we usually were, Mm. you know, like this is a lot longer of a period of time where we aren't as consistently speaking to family because we're out in the middle of nowhere with no service. We can't. Yeah. And um, it taught in some ways the importance 
of those connections to me. And I knew they were important, but when something's taken away, sometimes we realize the value. I would agree, particularly when I think about socialization and Mm -hmm. what has happened with the pandemic, you know, meeting with people physically and hanging out is something that I think we may have in the past taken for granted, but when you're able to safely get together with friends and family and you guys are able, you're able to congregate, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like you, it was like you experience a certain level of joy and excitement that you didn't even know you were missing until you're there and you have it. And you're like, Oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, totally. As an extrovert or as like a, um, ambivert, <laughs> like yeah, both ambivert, introverted yeah, and, mm-hmm. and extrovert, yes. but not having the extrovert side of me, um, especially through the pandemic, being able to be as um, satisfied with like, mm-hmm. you know, just having to be more distance and having a fewer number of people that we see in person and hug and <laughs> all of that. It's um, yeah, I definitely feel that. It's hard. I'm just imagining all of the inspirational stories that you can make about the blisters on your feet walking, <laughs> you know, on the trail in about, you know, and every time I think about I can't make it and I can't do it. I think about those blisters on my feet and how I was able to push through and keep going. Yeah. Or like literally you can do you can do so much by taking one step at a time. Mm, yes. Literally. I mean, yes. it's such a cliche, but it's our, our trip was that in real life, <laughs> wow. one step at a time, we were able to make it happen. And while we pushed, sometimes we chose to not at others and like letting, letting be what is. I want to invite you to the next unwebinar. What is an unwebinar? It's no slides, no sales pitch, just added value. These are small group discussions that are designed to really be two-way conversations between you and myself, where you can get insight and advice on the issues that you're dealing with today. The overall goal is to equip you with what you need so that you can win at work and at home. Understand you do not have to do it alone. Sign up for the next UnWebinar today. Letting be what is. Oh man, that that is awesome. So, okay, now you're on the other side of the the hike. You found new jobs. Now what are you guys doing? Yeah, so we uh, land in Sacramento. That was a long, windy road of thinking maybe we would land in the central coast of California to the Bay Area to realizing the value of Sacramento. So we, we land in Sacramento and um, we're working full-time. I've always been in the public sector working for um, various levels of government. And I'm um, mostly in like the flood risk reduction realm. And I am suddenly start finding myself working in communities that I'm very close to proximity wise. And so Mm -hmm. it's, it's really satisfying work in that way because I can see and go to these projects very easily and I'm able to better understand the community dynamics and what and the value of having that local perspective incorporated into the projects. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've been on on a number of different projects in, in the area 
Um, and then this last July, about two and a half years into working for the organization I'm with now, I transitioned to doing more multi-benefit projects. So since you're in the transportation sector, I can kind of make this uh, analogy. And so, you know how for a long time, roads have been single purpose. It's for cars. And that's been like the main focus of, of them. It's And now the the whole picture is really being served in that there's pedestrians and bikes and trees and spaces to be able to enjoy and stay away from cars also mm-hmm. built into these roads. It's kind of like that for flood risk reduction. So we have flood risk reduction, but we also have ecosystem restoration, water quality, figuring out how can we support various species through food generation or the habitat that we're providing them. So it's really interesting work and very dynamic. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that 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 is cool. Let's circle back to something we were talking about a little bit earlier, and that is the leadership program that you have been working on and some of the topics that you were talking about, you know, that you guys cover in how it's not the typical quote unquote engineering type uh, topics. It's a, Mm -hmm. what are, what are some of the favorite conversations that you've had as part of that group? Uh, I've really enjoyed a lot of them. Truly, like, I mean, they're always a little scary for me because I usually share a personal story or two during Mm -hmm. them. But I think, well, my most recent one is probably going to be for a long time one of my favorites. It was about self awareness and boundaries. Okay. As um, as I've grown up, I've realized things about you know friendships, relationships in my life that have been really difficult and drawing those boundaries and understanding when to and what's most important to me so that I can draw appropriate lines Mm -hmm. in the sand, Mm -hmm. right, is really difficult. And it's something that we don't talk about and but really need to advocate for ourselves for. We're the only ones who are going to know our boundaries so we can actually be the only ones that can set them. And I just think it's really important to find those points and understand them for ourselves. And when we know what's important to us um, from like a leadership perspective, and once we're Mm -hmm. aware of that in ourselves and knowing what it feels like when someone crosses a boundary, then we can more effectively set them. And yeah. But because you can, you get a sense, you know, when you set the boundary, the boundaries in in some sense are for you, right? You set those boundaries to, keep yourself safe and to help you grow in where you want to go. Absolutely. When, when people cross those boundaries, as you mature, you have a much better response to that than say years ago, someone crosses the boundary. Wait a minute. This is making me feel a certain different way, or I'm feeling a certain different way. I'm reacting. I'm responding to this. I don't want that to happen. I need to have a conversation with this person so that they understand they cross the boundary and I need to get them to move to that other side. Something has to change. And I would actually argue that they're only for us. Mm. And so like, and, and, and then making sure that like our communication is clear. Yes. Is for both of us. But then like, if it's not being respected, that that boundary is, is for only us. Yeah. Yeah. And if someone is continuously moving across your boundary, they're not respecting the conversation and what you're telling them. And so what does yeah. that say about their view of you? 
Yeah. And I think when that gets really hard is when it starts to involve work, Mm -hmm. you know, whether we find ourselves suddenly working nine, 10 hours a day. And our understanding was that we were going to do eight Yeah, or we have suddenly a priority change in life, say a parent gets sick and you need to not work as much, or you need to only work the eight hours or whatever it is, setting those boundaries and making sure that it's clear and respectful and kind is, is something that we aren't taught. And it makes it really hard. It does. It makes it hard. And it's because it, on, on one view, we're taught to work hard. If you want to succeed, you have to work hard. You're going to have to put in the extra hours. Uh, some people have the hustle mentality. I got to hustle. I got to make it happen. And Absolutely. when you talk about resting, you know, you talked about some acute issues. A parent, you know, gets sick. You got a life changing issue. But there's also the issue of you taking a stand of doing what you need to do to care for you, right? Because the most yes. selfish thing that you can do is not care for yourself. Because if you do not care for yourself, you don't have the energy or the capacity or anything that you actually need to be mm-hmm. who you need to be in your world. So mm-hmm. those boundaries are there. They are there for you, but they're there to protect you. And you have to learn how to leverage and use those boundaries so that you can get the rest or whatever it is that you need to recharge. Absolutely. Yeah. The the classic saying of we can't pour from an empty, empty kettle. Yeah, we can't. We can't pour from an empty kettle. We can't pour from an empty cup. We can't pour yep. from an empty anything. <laughs> yeah. An empty anything. <laughs> if you have no capacity, you can't. You, right? you don't have any So capacity. like all of these. And so if you yeah. want to increase your capacity to lead, guess what? You you have to and you have to be able to fill yourself up. If you want to increase your capacity to enjoy life, you're going to have to take some time. You're going to have to build that capacity up and Mm -hmm. you have to be able to pour into yourself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, one of the big things that um, I learned in, in Seattle, as I transitioned, um, we were, we were talking about what does success look like? Right. Mm -hmm. And, or, um, and that transition of uh, what, success meant to me really was informed a lot by how I spend money and what I spend money on, what I find most important and the things that I want out of life. And in that process, um, I got rather into the minimalists and one of their sayings is your most precious resource is your time. Yes. There, it's literally our only unrenewable resource. Yes. And so oftentimes and our companies know that <laughs> our families know that our friends know that, but we don't often live that way. And one of the really big important things that I knew I wanted to make sure we did, especially when it comes down to like the PCT or the decisions we make as we move into starting a family is how do I ensure I have the time that I want to, to spend on the things that are really important to me and, and not in retirement, but now how do I build the life that I can sustainably do that so that I can fill my own cup, that I can do all of these things that I want to do and not have to worry about if my body will give out. Yes. yes, Or, <laughs> and, or your mind or anything mm-hmm. um, yes. in that matter. So we, you know, the process I take clients through is called the engineer's blueprint for a balanced life. And so what you're talking about is really 
key to some of the steps that we use, you know, one would be focus on what matters most. So I ask clients to list what really matters most to you in life. So they develop this list. They have this, all these things to do. Now I say, okay, now I want you to pull out your calendar. Now let's see how your calendar compares to what you said is important to you because what you just said is time is our most valuable resource. And so if you're not spending your time on what you say is important, there's a disconnect because how you spend mm-hmm. your time truly tells, you know, where you, in terms you value that importance. And I'm not talking about whether you're spending eight hours at work or eight hours with your family It's not that it's, you know, that you're going to be doing a certain amount of time for your business or for your profession or for your work. But the time outside of that, how are you using that? And is that, is your job, is your career biting into the quality time that you have to do those other pursuits? And so once we Mm -hmm. figure out that disconnect, you know what we as engineers do, we say, okay, the first thing I want you to do is look and tell me what the success look like. So in those areas, I want you to visualize success. Now that you know what success looks like, let's design a plan. Once you design a plan, you have to execute that plan. And so what you're talking about and what we talk about is designing the type of life that you want. And you don't have to wait until you are retired to enjoy life. I, I believe that you deserve to enjoy life now. You just have to make those investments now for the life that you want. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, one thing that my mom told me as I was going through this transition is she said, it's, it's a lot easier to know your priorities than to live them. And it can be really hard to make the decisions that we know we want to make, but it can be really hard to change, whether that's for us or for the people who depend on how we've been always doing things. And, um, that's one of the, the big takeaways or the big points of the, the talk of boundaries and self-awareness, because oftentimes when we make a choice to do something different, it, it isn't only us that's impacted by that choice. And so making sure that we're clear and understanding what value it brings us and then being able to communicate that is really, really key. And it's once you make a decision that you want to change, many people make a decision but then they don't know what to do next. Yes, yeah. Right? They don't know what to do next. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you have people that are in your life that can probably accurately tell you, hey, you should stop doing this or this is impacting you. But what's missing often is being able to be equipped with what you need, guidance, steps, whatever it is to make those decisions, those small micro actions that you can take to get you closer to where you want to be. Um, so it is, it's absolutely um, it's very enlightening discussion for two engineers to have a talk about self-awareness and boundaries. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, it is. It is because I think it's often something that we don't really think about. You know, we expect our jobs to be very demanding. And yeah. um, so, so when we realize, Oh, they don't have to be, it's like, uh, oh, well, then, then how do I, how do I make that life? <laughs> right. There's not a lot of models out there. Hey, this is James and I'm here to help you win at work and at home. 
Let's connect. You can use the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary session. And we're going to walk through the steps that it's going to take for you to start thriving so you can engineer your success and live the life that you love. Come on, sign up today. And you have to be intentional about the choices that you make and have that pursuit of being better, have that pursuit of wanting to grow. And ultimately, you know, part of that is just you growing and evolving as a person. And as you evolve as a person, guess what? You'll evolve as a leader. Absolutely. And you'll evolve as an engineer. Yeah. You'll evolve as a communicator. All of those different areas are things that can help you evolve. So mm-hmm. we've had just a very dynamic, you know, long reaching discussion. <laughs> I'm actually yeah. really enjoying this. Just before I would bring this, you know, wrapping this up, I was getting closer to wrapping this up. Are there any other success principles that you would like to share with the listeners of the engineer your success podcast? Yeah. Um, so I would say figure out what's important to you. And sometimes that's not necessarily convenient for how we're living our lives today, but take steps to make that your the way that your life looks, whether it's trying something new, living somewhere new, whatever direction you think you'd be interested in going in your career, figure out what's important. And I, I just want to also share that I think every single person's contributions are worthy and important to be heard in the workplace. And the more that we focus on these aspects of our whole person, as opposed to only the engineer in us, we're able to do our jobs better because we bring different perspectives and we have different lived experiences. And those should, in fact, inform our work. And when those do, we're able to better serve the communities, the clients that come to us and depend on us and trust us. And so figure out what's important to you and find a organization or a company that that aligns with that. And it will very likely (laughs) result in a very satisfying way of living. (laughs) uh, Morgan, I want to thank you again for uh, just taking the time for this interview, taking time to share with our audience. And, you know, I often close the podcast off with this. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it in a very small group of people actually follow through, do it, and achieve the life of their dreams. Morgan O'Brien, I want to thank you for being part of that select few because you are doing it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Dr. Bryant. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. That's awesome. Thank you for listening to Engineer Your Success with Dr. James Bryant. Do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. Many people know what to do. Fewer people know how to do it, and a small fraction of people actually do it. I believe that you can have success both in business and in life, and it's my passion to guide you on your path to engineering your success. Thanks.